Father, tonight we give you praise for the blessing and for the privilege to sit at your feet to learn of you. We pray that you will affect our lives as individuals and affect our lives as a church even by this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Purify my heart. Let it be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold, refined as fire. If you know the song, just sing with me as we worship the Lord. My heart's one desire, oh, is to be, is to be. Holy, oh, set apart for you, Lord. Oh, I choose to be, oh, holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do. Let's sing Refiner's Fire tonight. Refiner's Fire. Oh, my heart's one desire. Oh, it's to be, it's to be whole. sharing on preparing for the day of the Lord. Preparing for the day of the Lord. Preparing for the day of the Lord. In Luke chapter 21 verse 34 in the New King James Version Luke 21 verse 34 Jesus made a remarkable statement to the believers of the day and I believe that the words of Jesus are still very relevant for our lives today. He said, but take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and cares of this life and that come on you unexpectedly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus was making reference to a day that was coming. The day of the Lord. And he was giving us a warning that we ought to be careful. We ought to take heed. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to be careful so that our hearts are not weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life so that that day will not come upon us unexpectedly. And tonight, in trying to explain what this day is, I want to attempt to look at two dimensions of the day of the Lord. The first I want to make reference to is the rapture, the day of the rapture, the rapture of the saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe most of us have heard the word rapture. And this word rapture can be traced to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17. The scripture says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. In other words, we'll be caught up with those who have gone ahead of us. Those who are falling asleep. If you read the previous scripture, that is what it talks about. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now this event is what is referred to as the rapture of the saints. Now the word rapture simply means the snatching away or the catching away of the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ who would be alive at the time that has been set and appointed by the Father. So, this rapture we are talking about is an event in a day. The Bible actually says that it will happen in a twinkling of an eye, in a split second, on a specific day, a specified time, and wherever we may find ourselves in this world and on earth, all over the world, all across the globe, believers who have trusted in Jesus Christ our Lord and who have depended on Him to live a life that is pleasing unto Him, the Bible makes it clear that they would be snatched away or they will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So, the scripture makes us understand that on the day of the rapture, our Lord Jesus Christ would make an appearance in the air and believers who are alive will be caught up with Him after those who are falling asleep have gone on ahead. Hallelujah! So, in this singular event, that would take the world by storm, that would shock the entire globe. 
The Bible makes us understand that we will meet the Lord in the air. Now, the second dimension of the day of the Lord I want to make reference to is the second coming of Christ Jesus. The actual second coming of Jesus Christ. Where the Bible makes us understand that He will not just be caught up in the air where believers will meet Him like 1 Thessalonians 4.17 tells us. But this time around, Christ Himself shall make a descent upon the face of the earth. In Zechariah chapter 4 from verse 114 from verse 1 to 9, there is a whole account of some of the events that will take place when Christ fully returns. The Bible says that He shall make a return here on earth where He shall stand again on the Mount Olivet. The Bible gives a record of all the things that will happen when He finally appears on earth. When His feet shall touch the Mount of Olivet. The Bible says the Mount shall be split into two. And there is going to be a great battle that is going to take place. So, I hope we understand. I'm looking at the dimension of the rapture of the saints. And most theologians believe that after the rapture of the saints, the world will be launched into a seven-year period called the Great Tribulation. And it is at the end of the Great Tribulation that Christ will finally descend on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the rapture of the saints, which is a day of the Lord, where He shall appear at the trump at the trumpet sound and those who are dead in Christ shall rise and those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him. Now, I want us to really specially focus on the rapture because we want to trust God that each and every one of us will not miss this great event. Hallelujah! Because the scripture makes us understand that after this rapture, the great tribulation that will take place on this earth, nothing like that has ever happened before. Nothing like that has ever happened before. And for those who may have backslidden, who may have fallen away, who may have turned away, after the rapture of the saints, these seven years are going to be so difficult. God has opened to us a door of grace so that each and every one of us will be able to enter through that door. The rapture. Or if He calls us before that time. Because after that door of grace is shut, Life is going to be very difficult on earth. Hallelujah. And those who may in that time make a turn unto the Lord and cry out unto God, they would pay with their own blood. When you go to the book of Revelations, you will find all of these things I am talking about. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, is it because it's the day of the Lord and we are talking about great tribulation and mercy? The Lord help us. A few other points about the day of the Lord. The Bible makes us understand that no one knows the day or the hour that Christ shall come. In Mark chapter 13, verse 32, I want to read from the Amplified. Mark chapter 13, verse 32. So nobody knows the day or the hour. But of that day or that hour, not a single person knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So concerning this day of the Lord that you and I ought to be preparing for, the Bible says no one knows the day, no one knows the hour, no one knows the second that is going to take place. So we are, the Lord expects that we will live our lives in constant preparation for that day because we do not know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one knows the day or the hour that the Son of Man shall return. The Bible also gives us another important indicator. Now I'm going to move on into some indicators concerning the day of the Lord. We want to learn about a few indicators. Now, this day of the Lord will not come until the revelation of the Antichrist. Now, please pay attention. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I want to read from the Amplified again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way. For that day will not come except the apostasy comes first. Unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians has come. And the man of lawlessness, sin, is revealed who is the son of doom, of perdition. Can I have the verse 3 again? I want to read from the message. The message translation. Don't fall for any line like that. Before that day comes, a couple of things have to happen. First, the apostasy. Second, the debut of the anarchists. A real dog of Satan. Now, I like the way the message captures who the Antichrist is. The anarchists. It comes from the word anarchy. It means that he will come at a time of great confusion. And his presence will also signal great chaos and confusion on earth. Though it will start with peace. The Bible calls him the real dog of Satan. So the Bible is saying that before the day of the Lord comes, there is going to be a great falling away. 
called the apostasy. Now, many people, according to the scripture, would denounce Christ. Many people who once knew the Lord, who once served the Lord, who once proclaimed the name of Christ, perhaps even preached with signs and wonders and miracles, they would turn their backs on God, they would denounce God and renounce their salvation. And the Bible says that there will come a falling away by all means before the great day appears. So by the time we begin to hear and we continue to hear stories of people who have turned their backs and they are now cursing Christ and the same people who had once believed the Lord Jesus Christ and they are now saying that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. Jesus Christ is not coming again. There is no heaven and hell. It is finished. We are just here and that's it. By the time these things begin to happen, and it's actually already happening all across the world, it is an indicator that that day of the Lord is coming. And it is a call unto us to continue to prepare ourselves to look forward to the Lord's coming. Hallelujah. 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 You know, the enemy tries to imitate everything that God is and everything that God does. And in these last days, we will see the enemy mimicking the Trinity in what we call the anti-Trinity. So we will see Satan mightily at work. There is another personality called the Antichrist whom I have made reference to. And then there is also another personality called the false prophet. So Satan is anti-God the Antichrist is Antichrist and the false prophet is anti the Holy Spirit. And we will see the full manifestation and onslaught of the enemy in these last days. Hallelujah! Other indicators of the great day of the Lord also include the following. A time of great unrest here on earth. Wars. Rumors of wars. Nation rising, rising against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. The Bible says that, and there shall be pestilences. As has never been in the history of mankind. You can find that in Matthew chapter 24 from verse 7. Matthew 24, from verse 7. Nation will fight against nation. Ruler fights ruler. Over and over. Famines and earthquakes will occur in various places. So if you listen to the news, you see event after events all across the world. In fact, the current tension between the United States and North Korea is an indicator of the times that we find ourselves in. 
where we are literally on the brink of a nuclear holocaust if God does not intervene. But Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24. He said, you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences. In our generation, we have heard of diseases that have taken the lives of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. HIV AIDS. In Africa recently, we had to deal with Ebola. And if God had not intervened, it would have been another story. But we hear of many frightening things. Hallelujah. A few months ago, a virus was discovered somewhere in Southern America called Zika virus. Which attacks babies in their womb. And when they are born, they have some issues. Some time ago, we heard of H1N1. We heard of SARS. And all kinds of things. These are indicators of His coming. There would be widespread and significant hostility towards Christians. So by the time you get a WhatsApp message with a video of ISIS having lined up 20 Christians along the beach and cutting off their heads in the full glare of cameras, then you know that the end is near. By the time terrorists can invade a church service in Egypt and release a suicide bomb that would take many lives, then you know that the end is near. By the time there is serious religious conflict in northern Nigeria, where Christians are being massacred, churches are being attacked all over the place, then you know that the end is at hand. A time of widespread and significant hostility. When nations have shut the door to the gospel. When Christians are being killed for their faith. I'm sure that sometimes, every now and then, you get a WhatsApp message. Intercede for 22,000 Christians in Iran who have been arrested and about to be executed. A time of great hostility. They say you can't share your faith. And laws are being made worldwide against Christianity. It is an indicator. Matthew 24 verse 9. Another indicator that the day of the Lord is coming. We, we, we just want to understand what the indicators are. So that we realize the need for us to continue to prepare ourselves. A time of large-scale deception across the world. False Christs. False prophets. False apostles. False teachers. False evangelists. 
deception on a large scale. By the time you hear a story that a pastor has told his whole congregation to drink a bottle of beer in the meeting as an instrument to bring deliverance to them, then you know that deception has hit the world. Hallelujah! By the time somewhere in Africa, a pastor can take insecticide and mix it with water and share it and say, drink it as an instrument of your healing, then you know that people are being deceived. By the time they tell you that your mother is a witch, and so in the night, around 10.32 p.m., when there is a full moon, take a cutlass and deal with her so that her life will never be the same. Then you know that the end is near. False teachers, all kinds of teachings that are not consistent with the canon of Scripture, with the truth of God's word. False apostles and false Christ. The Bible says, in these days, in these last days, as we prepare for the day of the Lord, it is going to be a time, and it continues to be a time of large-scale deception. Hallelujah. There are also some positive signs or indicators concerning the day of the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 14 that this gospel will be preached to all the ends of the earth and then the end shall come. So by the time there is a multiplication of efforts to translate the Bible into several languages to penetrate the jungles, the forests, the remote places on earth. By the time missionaries are hitting every corner of the earth, the gospel is being pushed from all sides. It is an indication that that great day of the Lord is at hand. Hallelujah! Another great indication of the coming day of the Lord is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the face of the earth like never before. In Joel chapter 2 verse 28, the Bible gave a prophecy through the prophet Joel. Can you go to the New King James Version? And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Verse 29. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Hallelujah. So as an indicator of the coming day of the Lord, He said He will pour out His Spirit. 
the old men and women shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. Maid servants, man servants will prophesy, declaring the mind of God, declaring the intention of God, calling on men to return to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the same Joel chapter 2, right from verse 1, for the sake of time we cannot read, but you will see God giving a prophetic picture of what He is doing in these last days. He said He was going to raise a mighty army. Oh, may you be part of that mighty army. I said, may you be part of that mighty army. He said, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble for the day of the Lord is coming for it is at hand. Verse 2. A day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong. This is the beginning of the prophecy of God's end time army. The like of whom has never been. Nor will there ever be any such after them. Even for many successive generations. Verse 3. A fire devours before them. These are people who are on fire for God. A fire devours before them. That means that their impact goes before them. And behind them, a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them. And behind them, a desolate wilderness. Hallelujah. Surely nothing shall escape them. Let me read 4 and 5. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses. And like swift steeds, so they run. With a noise like chariots, over mountain tops they leap. Like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble. Like a strong people set in battle array. You can read the rest of the chapter when you go home. But God was saying that in these last days, as we prepare towards the day of the Lord... All over the world, he is tearing up his people. All over the world, he's raising a mighty army to ensure that the gospel will reach every corner of this earth. Hallelujah. To ensure that there is a witness to God in all of the earth. I pray that you and I will be part of this army. I said, I pray that you and I will be part of this great army. And if you've ever read the book, The Final Quest, by Rick Joyner, you will get a clearer picture. And you will get further enlightenment of what God is doing in these last days. I want to say that in spite of all the negativities, in spite of the times of great darkness, and evil on earth. Good will ultimately triumph over evil. God would ultimately and eventually put the devil back in his place for all eternity. In these times of the greatest darkness, we are also going to see 
the greatest of God's light. Somebody shout hallelujah. So in the light of all of these things that are happening, that we are aware of, that the Holy Spirit is giving us a witness that the day of the Lord is at hand. The rapture is imminent. What must we do? What is the Lord calling us to do? Number one, you and I ought to be watchful so we are talking about preparing for the day of the Lord. We have looked at the dimensions of the day, the rapture, and the actual second coming called the parousia. We have looked at some of the signs and some of the indicators telling us that indeed what he said is true. Hallelujah. What must we do? How do we prepare ourselves? How do we organize ourselves? Number one, it is important for us as children of God, as believers, to continue to be watchful, alert, and awake unto God. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Be watchful, alert, and awake. I want to read a few scriptures. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. I want to read from the message with all due respect. But make sure, so this is God speaking to us. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day by day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. Hallelujah. The Bible is telling us that it is possible for us to be overtaken by all the activities and all the events in this life and all the things that we are chasing and all the things that we are pursuing and all the things that we are trying to do, projects we are trying to start, initiatives we are trying to commence and all kinds of things. He said, make sure. He's not saying don't do it. Oh. He's not saying that don't pursue whatever. But he said, make sure. That you do not get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day -day obligations. That you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. Next verse. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches. On the salvation work he began when we first believed. Somebody shout amen. amen. Verse 13. We can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering, and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed. And get dressed. 
Don't loiter and linger. Waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we ought to be watchful, alert, and awake. Can we turn to Second Peter chapter 3? Second Peter chapter 3. I'll read verses 3 to 4. Still in the message. First off, you need to know that in the last days, mockers are going to have a heyday. Reducing everything to the level of their feelings. They will mock. So what happened to the promise of His coming? So people are mocking. When we are in jail, say, oh, you said Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm sure some of us in our conversations on platforms, and they say, oh, you people, you said you, you've been crefaced since Jesus. You said Jesus was coming then. Now we are 45, 50. I'm approaching retirement. Jesus has not come. Will he come at all? The Bible says in the last days. They say, what happened to the promise of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried. And everything, everything is going on just as it has from the first day of creation. Nothing has changed. Verse 5. They for, conveniently forget that long ago all the galaxies and this very planet were brought into existence out of watery chaos by God's word. Now we'll read 8 and 9. 8 and 9 of the same chapter. Tonight is open too. So I hope you don't mind. It's a good thing. Hallelujah. We are opening to the scriptures. And we are receiving what God is saying to us. Fresh and direct from the source. He said, do not overlook the obvious here. Friends, with God, one day is good as a thousand years. A thousand years as a day. Verse 9. God isn't late with his promise. As some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you. So the reason why he hasn't shown up yet. Is because if he shows up now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, the reason why he is restraining himself is on account of you and I. Christ is pleading. Say, Father, let me dig around him one more year. Father, let's give them a little more time. I know. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. Do you know why some of the most wicked, cruel people live very long? Sometimes you wonder, we wonder, we ask God, we wonder, Lord, why did this good person, Lord, why did this righteous man, why did this righteous woman 
leave the scene so early. The scripture says sometimes they are taken away against what is to come. And then you ask yourself, God, look at some of the wicked leaders that have lived. Some of them are 75, 80, 90. What are they, what are they still doing around? Some of us are wishing that, ah! But you see, the Bible says he causes the sun to shine on the just and on the unjust. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So sometimes some of these people, like the thief on the cross, he was very fortunate to stick his head in the door at the very last minute. But God is holding back the end because he doesn't want any of us to be lost. God's desire is that you and I will be where he is. He's giving everyone space and time to change. So when you wake up in the morning and you have life and you have strength and you have vitality, instead of focusing on what you don't have, instead of focusing on what you are believing God for that you have not received yet, instead of focusing on the troubles and the trials and the persecutions of this life, instead of focusing on the test, lift up your eyes and realize that God has given you another opportunity. Another opportunity. Because maybe the night before, you had a bad fight with wifey. And I said, well, I'm away in your near. So when you wake up in the morning, say, yeah, my father, I'm alive again. Oh. Thank you for your mercy. Yeah, Lord. Forgive me. Honey, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my trespasses. Even as Christ forgave. <laughs> Amen. So, he's given us the space and our opportunity for us to change. Now, verses 11 to 16 of the same scripture. We are closing very soon. Amen. 11 to 16. Since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, perspective. Everything here today might well be gone tomorrow. Everything we have, the things that we treasure, the things we can see, the things we can touch, the things we can feel. Do, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? In other words, looking at the way things are so transient. Today you have, tomorrow you don't have. Do you see how essential it is to live a holy life. So God is saying that, looking at all of the things, when you go home, please, you can make time to read the chapter so that you get even more information and more revelation. But the scripture is saying that because of all of these things that are happening, because of the transient nature of life, because all the things that we see, that we have, we cannot take them along. We can, even this flesh, the Bible says flesh and blood, cannot inherit the kingdom. Everything that we have. We cannot carry it along. The temporariness. 
May the Lord have mercy on us. Do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Verse 12. Verse 12. Daily expect the day of God. Daily. So maybe we can help ourselves. You can put an alarm on your phone and note on a daily basis. <laughs> he said, daily expect the day of God. Daily. Eager for its arrival, the galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day. What? So this beautiful, wonderful auditorium is going to be melted away. The five-bedroom mansion that I'm putting up by the grace of God is melting away. The nice car I'm driving that is helping me small, small, it's going to melt away. The investments, the savings, which are great, which are good, which are helping us. They are all going to melt up because the galaxies will burn up and the elements melt down that day. Verse 13. But we will hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth. All landscaped with righteousness. Verse 14. So my dear friends, since this is what you have to look forward to, do your very best to be found living at your best in purity and peace. Is God speaking to us tonight? Is God dialing your number? Is God hitting somewhere in your heart? Is the, Spirit, is the Holy Spirit challenging you tonight? Since this is what we have to look forward to, do your very best to be found living at your very best in purity and peace. Verse 15. Interpret our master's patient restraint for what it is. Salvation. I think I'll just stop on this verse. So God is saying that lift up your eyes above the troubles in your land. He said, don't let your heart be tied by the things that you have, by the things that you possess, by the things that you are trying to acquire, by the things that you are trying to pursue. He said, don't let your heart be tied have eternity consciousness, heavenly perspective. Hallelujah. The next point. We are preparing ourselves for the day of the Lord. Hold on to the faith and be persistent in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Hold on. Hold on fast. 
Don't let the devil lie to you. Remember, God loves you. And he wants the best for you. Ah, ah, mm, mm. Hold on to the faith and be persistent in faith. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Can we read it in Amplified? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find persistence in faith on the earth? Or in the earth? So when Christ appears, when the trumpet sounds, will you still have faith in God, in Christ? Will you still be standing in the faith? Or you would have thrown it away? Would you have given up to say, oh well, he's not coming anymore. Perhaps not in my lifetime. Let me sit. Let me relax. Let me enjoy myself. The songwriter said, Till he returns or calls me home. Hey, where are the musicians? Save me from embarrassment. Hallelujah. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ. My brother, hold on to the faith. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on that faith that was passed on to you through the blood and toil of others. Ghana, we say through the blood and toil of our fathers. Through the blood and toil of apostles, of missionaries, of evangelists that delivered this precious word generation after generation. Don't give up. He will come and save you. Don't give up. He will come and save you. Don't throw away the confidence of your faith. Some of the things that we are believing God for, that we are wondering when or when, how is it going to happen? We must press on in faith. And we say, God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you no matter what happens. Not with my own strength. But with your strength and with your help. Don't throw away the confidence of your faith. Don't give up on God. He will come and save you. I said he will come and save you. I said he will come through for you. 
I said he will come through for you. He will deliver you from the darkest dungeon. He will deliver you from the storm out in the sea. He will deliver you from the valley. He will deliver you from, from evil. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Hold on to the faith. And persist in faith. He said, when he comes, will he find faith on earth? Will you have turned your back on the living God and be bowing to another idol? Lastly, let's ask the Lord to help us to keep ourselves in God's love. In Jude chapter 1, 20 to 21. Jude chapter 1, 20 to 21. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. 21. Guard and keep yourselves in the love of God. Expect and patiently wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You see, these things are temporary. <laughs> they are transient. Hallelujah. Can we have it in message? Message. Staying right at the center of God's love. Keeping your arms open and outstretched. Ready for the mercy of our master Jesus Christ. This is the unending life. The real life. Let me add verse 24. Verse 24. Of this same chapter. And now to him. Who can keep you on your feet, standing tall in his bright presence and celebrating? Can we go back to New King James Version? Because most of us know it in the old King James and the New King James. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. So ladies and gentlemen, in preparing for the day of the Lord, we need his help more than we think our own strength can take us. He said, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now when you look at this scripture, it suggests that it is God who can keep you, who can preserve you, who can help you to remain faultless and blameless before his own presence and glory. With exceeding joy. Keep yourself in the love of God. Ask the Lord to help you to flow in this life with His love. That the wheels of your life would be love. That everything that we do would be with love. He has promised. Not to leave us 
nor forsake us. In Matthew 28, he said, And lo, I will be with you even until the end of the age. He has not left us alone to struggle. He has not left us as orphans. He has given us His Spirit. And He said He will be with us even to the end of the age. Meaning that if we are alive until Christ shall appear, He said He will be with us. Rise upon your feet as we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 to 24 in the message. Thank you, Jesus. In Christ alone may God himself the God who makes everything holy and whole make you holy and whole put you together spirit soul and body and keep you fit for the coming of our master jesus christ so in this scripture too we see that it is god who has expressed his willingness to help us to keep us spirit soul and body together and keep us fit for the coming of our master these scriptures are showing us that without his help without his grace without his strength we cannot make it so tonight i want you to thank god for the word that you have received in the quietness of your heart opening your mouth as led and speaking to the lord i don't know what God has emphasized to you out of this message. Maybe you are living like you are going to live forever. You are living like there's nothing to look forward to. But Christ is coming. The day of the Lord is at hand. Speak to the Lord. Maybe you've lost consciousness of eternity. Maybe you are doing nothing of eternal value. If Christ comes, what do you, will you present to Him? Who can you present to Him? Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Say, Lord, I can't make it on my own. I see from the Scriptures that without your strength, Without your grace, I can't make it. The Bible says that if you have not shortened the days, even the elect will lose it and will miss it. Lord, renew our minds. Renew our love for you. Maybe your love for God has grown cold. Speak to the Lord. Say, Lord, revive me. Lord, stir me up again. The love that blazed in my heart when I first gave my life to Jesus. Let that fire be set aflame one more time. Somebody speak to the Lord. Say, Lord, I commit my whole spirit, my soul, my body. Only you can keep me blameless. Only you can keep me faultless. 
Lord, when I err, may I be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May I be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. May I come back to you, Lord. Oh, somebody speak to God. We cannot afford to miss this great day. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you know this song, I want you to sing with me. I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. As we close, lift up your hands to God. I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. I will let you into my mind and into my soul. Oh, pledging my life, serving you is my desire. Lift your hands to the Lord. I will be holding back. Surrender to the Lord tonight. I will open up. I will open up my heart. Ready for your holy fire. I will let you into my mind and into my soul. I will open up, I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. Oh, I will let you into my mind and into my soul. Thank you for reminding us day after day to be prepared for your coming. Lord, we yield ourselves to you in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will purge us, O Lord, and preserve our whole spirits, our whole souls and bodies blameless unto the coming of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you continually sprinkle upon us your pure water, so that at your appearance, will be found faultless before you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah.